Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Pat Magley. I'm the director of Heroes Camp, the visionary, my wife and I, my daughter, now my son-in-law and family and great staff have a, a, a ministry to young people, in particular whose fathers seem to migrate here. Their fatherlessness sends them here. And we're a father in the region, we're a father in the Lord. And it's very heart-wrenching to see that the animal kingdom understands what to do after they have sex, but we don't. Uh-huh. Today, maybe what I'll talk a little bit about is a mutation. I'm not a Zodiac person, but if I was, I'd be Gemini. My birthday is coming up June the 9th, and I believe the Gemini really are twins, and I think that's the call of God, that the earth is supposed to mirror heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are two types of twins. Well, actually, probably more than that if you include Siamese twins. But there's fraternal twins who do not look like one another. And then there are identical twins that look exactly like one another. The problem with the church is that it's a mutant, and it has church, but doesn't mirror heaven. And it sends off a, a mixed message to the world because it kind of sort of makes it up as it goes rather than being a strict identical not strictly religious, but strictly identical. And Lord help me. I'm talking about if I understand this and I'm the one saying it to you, then I'm the one who ought to be modeling it. You know what I'm saying? So don't hear me hating. Once again, don't hear me hating. I hear me challenging. And that's a healthy thing because in order to enter into the promised land, you got to understand the promises. And if you aren't reading your Bible, surely you're never going to get to the promised land. You're going to go to the grave, and that's for sure. And you might go to heaven after that because you might be born again. But it, it, come on, read the word. Let's go. I want to be an identical twin. And if we could do that, I believe people would begin to flock to the house of God because there would be revival and there would be a, a, what we'll call a latter-day rain light. And so uh, in the house of God, it was built on fasting and prayer and prayer in the word. And the church is the pillar and ground of truth. The need of this hour had too many hot heads and not enough hot hearts. Too many hot heads and not enough heart, hot hearts. Uh, the great minister, Vance Havner, wrote a book, and, 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 and he read this, and as soon as I read it, I started crying. It, it blessed me. One thinks of the professor who wrote a very learned book on love. The only defect was mutant. The professor had never been in love. When he took the manuscript to a typist to have it prepared, for the publisher, the typist turned out to be a very lovely lady, and when their eyes met, something happened to the professor that was not in the book. He was happier in five minutes with love in his heart than he had been with 30 years with love in his head. We agree that it is the work of the Spirit, but here again, we spend our time arguing over the expressions and missing the experience. I'm telling you, church, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Three, four hours a day, opening up the heavens that are within you to have a magnet from the third heaven and draw those things into revelation and put them to use is what is missing. And we need the great wind of the Spirit to blow like never before. One thing I would like to speak about is that um, spiritually, we have been forewarned not to sit by idly. 
awaiting the negative judgments to come to pass. And we have the ability to, to avert these judgments. So maybe you're just thinking that coronavirus is just a mishap of the flu or just some kind of, you know, thing that they call pande pandemic. I think pandemic is not to really accurately interpret one of these as the judgments of God. Don't wait for another thing. To Let's begin to avert that by repenting. And in the book of Jonah, uh, in the chapter 3, in verse number 10, it says, when God saw what they had done and how they put a stop to their evil doings, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. I'm not talking about the world's evil doings. I'm talking about the church's evil doings. And it's a mutation. It is a fraternal twin of heaven, not an identical twin. Please hear my heart. Some of these things might be a little bit harder for you to hear or because it's not hard for me to express or understand because I got a revelation and it came from God. It came from prayer. I wasn't born with it, you know. Seriously, we have been forewarned not to sit by idly awaiting for the negative judgments to come. Judgment has a season where it can be averted and deferred. That's one thing I just read in Jonah uh, 3.10. Nothing like a mighty awakening to set the church on the right path. I'm gonna look over in 2 Chronicles chapter 34 and verse 27. And it says concerning repentance, it's a gift. Repentance is a gift and it takes time to repent. So when destruction has not come, we're not using our time right, inevitable is coming through destruction. God does not want to destroy the earth. The, the Bible says it's not God's desire that any man will perish, but all will come to repentance. So when the scepter of repentance is being extended by the Holy Spirit and a stay of execution, people that are on death row, they're trying to get a stay of execution. Every sinner's on death row, and us as intercessors can be their jailer and set them free. Jesus came to set the captives free. Free people, free people, and bind people. And every time we got to vote on something, you know what I'm saying? We're becoming mutant saints. We're not identical saints. There's a mutation from the path. In 2 Chronicles 34, 27, it said, You were sorry and humbled yourself before God. When you heard his words against this city and its people, you humbled yourself and you tore your clothing in despair and wept you, says the Lord, so I will not send the promised disaster until after you had died and been buried in peace. I want to see my grandchildren walking in health. I want to see my daughter. I want to see all the kids in the, in the camp. I want to marry them to six, seven, eight years old. When they become 20, 25, I want to be around with someone from the camp marrying them. I want to see the path of the righteous get brighter and brighter into the perfect day. And I want to see that not for my glory, but for the honor and the glory of our God who sent his only begotten son to die for us, that whoever would believe. The Bible said you deny yourself, pick up the cross and follow him. If you're going to church and you're not doing that, you're a fraternal twin and you're a mutant saint. You have deviated from the path. Spiritual decay comes from those that won't heed the warnings. I, I, I think everybody's so concerned. Are you six feet away from me? Well, are you six feet on your knees? Are you, are, are you six feet with a mask on reading your Bible? Take your mask off or try to cover yourself from your sin. We're faking the funk way too much with all this stuff. And you're looking at television. You're afraid of this and afraid of that. Uh, where's the fear of the Lord? Is there any word from the Lord today? Yes, get down. Humble yourself. 
Take yourself into the basement of your soul. Is there a deviation from the path in your thinking, in your exercise of your life? Spiritual decay comes from those that won't heed the warnings of the Holy Ghost. And humility will always turn the tide of our nation. If there are some that will humble, if they'll pray, if they'll turn from their wicked ways, then you'll hear from heaven and heal the land. Young people, especially young Christian people, especially young millennials, I'm, I got a challenge for you. This country's young people are cheap concerning the gospel. They have bad models coming out of their Christian homes, wearing expensive cologne, expensive clothes, expensive cars, expensive houses, and none of those things are wrong. Don't hear me say that. I'm saying what I'm saying but won't give money and time and energy to the kingdom. And they learn to be that way and talk about their pastor. And they learn how to do all that from listening at home to their parents. Mm -hmm. I know I'm telling the truth. It happens to me. They are clouds without rain. They're twice dead, two generations. They are flies in the ointment is what the word says. I want to talk to you about stealth Christians, people that creep in unawares, over in Galatians, in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. A stealth Christian, a so-called, they're so-called Christian. They're secret, they're clandestine, they're the acts of stealing or theft. They come from a project disruption. They don't want the truth, they want religion. They've deviated from the path of tradition to follow the truth and the light that's in the truth. And you can't do that without prayer, and you can do it better by fasting in prayer. They come with a project disruption, with a range of technologies, with developing of, or, of aircraft that are difficult to detect. They fly under the radar. They are clouds without rain. They are in our services, and they are around our ministries, and they're just waiting for somebody to make a mistake, and they're going to put out the pointing of the finger. I said a few weeks ago, let's quit being critical, and if we're going to point the finger, let's point it to where it belongs. Point it to the King of Kings and to the Lord of glory and ask him to come and heal us from our sins. And they're difficult to detect by sight and sound and radar because they flow in a different frequency we'll call infrared energy. They're covert and their slyness, they, they cause descent, and a descent is something that you're a deserter. And those are military terms. They're betrayers. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4, even that question came up only because of some so-called Christians there, false ones, really, who secretly were brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have this in Christ. All day and all night. There are people that come to church and they sit down on that. They don't want the expression of the spirit. They just want the results of the spirit. They want the benefits of marriage without marrying the Holy Spirit. And we are his bride. They wanted to enslave us and to force us to follow their Jewish regulations. Praise the Lord, though. But we refuse to give in to them for a single moment. Intercessors, stand your ground. You've been praying for 10 years. You've been praying for 20 years. Stand your ground. Increase your fasting. Increase the tenor of your spirit. We're real close to a great breakthrough. It could be all the kindness and the severity of the Lord. It could be final destruction and final rival, a revival at the same time. I think I'd have messed around and said something right there. Let me tell you what happened for me. When I got born again, I got born again like the Apostle Paul. And I didn't see it coming. I had a vision. I repented. 
And man, no more drugs, no more alcohol, no more pornography, no more doing nothing that I had not been doing, okay? And I started attending Christian Center under the late, great Dr. Lester Sumrall. And he was a serious, old, crusty joker at the time. Exactly what I needed for my young, foolish self. And they had elders there. And then they had other saints there. And then someone got a hold to me, grabbed me by the arm, said, come on, man, you're going with us to prayer. I'm about 28 years old. It saved my life and saved my life from religion. It's the opiate of the masses. Most people go, they don't pay their tithes. They've never been on a fast. They've never read their Bible. They've never, they, and they go to church every Thursday, every Wednesday, and every Sunday, and sometimes Sunday night. And boy, did they have a good time as long as nobody stepped on their toes. This podcast is called To Awaken You. I want to step on your toes all the way to your nose. I don't even care. This is what I'll be talking about every time you see me is fasting and prayer. Because that is the thing that will cause you to be an identical thing to what's happening in heaven. This is me. This is my prayer. I want to want. And I long to be filled with longing. I want to want. I want a greater wanting on the inside of me for the Holy Ghost. I want a greater longing on the inside of me for the power of God, the miracles of God that will save people from destruction, save them from a timeless eternity where there is no purgatory, where there is no hope of redemption. There is no extending of the hand of salvation to that individual. All it is is just nothing, nothing. You, your sin, and fire, and torment. You said, I have a thirst. This is what I wrote. I have a thirst to be made more thirsting still. You're blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. In the great movie, Just Mercy, that just came out maybe six, seven months ago, and Michael, G, Michael B. Jordan said he was a lawyer, and it was a true story, based on a true story. And at the end of the movie, he said, we need more than ideas. What that mean? We need more than doctrine. We need execution. We need manifestation. We need to exhibit the things that we say that we've learned or that we know. He also said, hope dismissed is the enemy of justice. Hope dismissed is the enemy of justice. Opposite of poverty isn't wealth, it's justice. It's the way you distribute. You ain't throwing something at them like Uncle Scam. What you're doing is you're extending something to them the rod of belonging, the scepter of belonging, the scepter of invitation through benevolence to bring people in to the kingdom of God that are in the now not lower class but the underclass of people that need help. And yes, some of them are homeless and some of them are not bathed for a few days. Many of them haven't been to the dentist in a decade. Your heart ought to break for our people here to do good to all matter of men, especially to the household of God first. He said the opposite of poverty isn't wealth, it's justice. And hope allows us to push forward even when the truth is distorted from the people in power. Wow. Everybody's concerned about somebody, but are you concerned about their soul? I'm concerned about people's body. I'm concerned about equity. I'm concerned about justice. But justice without being concerned about their eternal arrival to heaven or to hell ought to be the first level of justice that we encounter. Because the Bible said that present your whole spirit, soul, and body blameless before the coming of the Lord. 
We need to settle our accounts with God and with man. That's what the Lord told me Tuesday morning on the way to, to prayer. Settle your accounts. If you got any ought with anybody, if anybody has injured you, forgive them. Uh, go to the Lord and say, God, I forgive them. God, where I was frustrated. God, where I was angry. God, where I spoke wrong of them or thought wrong of them. Lord, I'm sorry. And settle your accounts because God is coming quickly and God is coming thoroughly. God is not sending his spirit. God is coming. God is coming. Maybe, as in Luke chapter 5, the disciples, Jesus told them to push out into the deep, and they gave Jesus an excuse, and they said, we've been fishing all night, Jesus, and we didn't catch nothing. Maybe they should have been praying all night and pushing out into the deep, and when they did make a catch, you didn't hear what I said, they had been fishing and working all night. Maybe if they had been praying all night, they would have got out to the deep. And when they went and got a catch, the Bible said they had to call their neighbors to come help pull it in. Come on, let's begin to pray like never before. I pray at 3 o'clock in the morning at, at Heroes Camp from 3 to 7, every Tuesday and, and, and Thursday morning. And I've been doing it for about 18 years like that. And during this time of shutdown, where we were uh, pulled back our operation a little bit and, and the volume of people that we deal with, I added another day in there, plus playing at my church and praying at the camp on Saturday morning, 7 to 10. We're expecting the biblical manifestations from the biblical entry of the right seed of fasting and prayer. We're looking for the manifestation of revival where people will come in and say, I can't take it no more. No ministry. Prayer. They come in. The whole, this is the Holy Ghost time. This is the Holy Ghost time now. In Ephesians, in chapter 1, verse 3 of chapter 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united, united with Christ. Do we have a capacity or an appetite to go to a heavenly realm? Let's lighten our load by fasting and prayer and putting off besetting sins and things that so easily weigh us down where we don't have the power of lifting our expectation. We don't have the power of a thrust to get to that level where we could be have our minds seated there to see some things and our expectation of our faith will grow. That's what I do in my life. I don't know anybody got the results that I got. It's not because of me. It's because me did the pattern. Jesus is the pattern son. Moses went and saw the pattern on the mount. That was in that dispensation. Then we got to a new dispensation. And when we're the first disciples of Jesus Christ had it like that, ain't nobody had it like that since. Now, ain't nobody had like what they had since then. And so it's about time we begin to, and we have pockets of it. We've had, we've had Azusa Street. We've had Toronto Blessing. We've had the one down in Florida. And we've had different manifestations. Like the Moravians, they had it for 100 years like that. They did, the prayer room was full for 100 years straight, day and night, 24-7, 365. Let's see what the, what, what the antagonist of that is, okay? Number one, orgasm. Number two, your belly is full. No power to live. Food. And the last one, pleasure and amusement. Let's put that. I mean, how, many, how, many, how much sex do you need? How much food do you need? How many games can you watch before you get bored? It's like, man, you know something, man, something wrong with this picture. This ain't life. This is not life. And the Bible said, you, say, you seek these scriptures and you think that you know me and you think the scriptures got life. No, 
He said, in me, you have eternal life. In Christ, to walk with him by the Spirit. Most people, they don't know how to do that. And the more educated you are, probably the less able you are to receive the type of revelation to walk fervently with the Lord like that. Because education is a mutation from revelation. Mm -hmm. Nothing works on our desire to be seated with him in the heavenly realms like fasting and prayer, a lifestyle of fasting and prayer, hoping, anticipating, and to continuously experience the higher ground. Steve, you wanted to say, until I reach the higher ground, the higher ground. Enoch did, Elijah did, others had miracles of it. Some people missed the mark and got redeemed. They got, they got I mean, Man, the number one is the Jonah generation going the wrong way. They know what's going to cost them so they can try to get out of it. But God has always got a plan of redemption. Thank God I didn't get saved the first time I heard it. And I'm still here today and say that his mercy endures forever. And it endures for a thousand generations. And let me say this. Too many are looking to get gifted in prayer rather than seeing prayer as the gift. I have an anointing. But I know there's a lot of people that can pray verbally better than I can pray. But my heart, like what I read to you out of that Vance Habner's book earlier, he had many words, but when he met love, he had instead more in life in five minutes than he did in 30 years of writing about love and didn't have it. Love for the Lord and love for the lost. To love the Lord thy God with all thy strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're saved and your neighbor's not saved and you're not reaching out to him and praying for him and trying to do random acts of benevolence and kindness towards them, let's begin to take care of the elderly. Let's cut their grass. There were certain things that I just had uh, to do when I was a child because I saw people go to work and I watched them getting old and I never thought just in a few more moments that would be me. Wow, kind of caught me off guard. Mm. The darker it gets spiritually, the more acute our spirit should become so we don't get trapped by this mutation that's going on, thinking that a church attendance is going to make it better or just giving one big check is going to make everything right with you and with God. No, 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 no. This is his will, and it's unfolding in your life, and he gave you the keys to the kingdom. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to have joy. Joy is grace that's been recognized. I said earlier, you can't get to the promised land without knowing the promises. And there's 7,500 promises in the Bible. I tell you what, I know I don't know them all. And that's why after 38 years, I'm still reading the word daily. And it's a powerful thing. I see something because the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate the joint from the marrow and the thought from the intention. I could read something yesterday and it didn't mean nothing. Something transpired overnight, I read it, it means everything. Only God can make his word that be that elastic that it fits everybody in every generation and every situation concerning sinner and saint, both to bring us into a higher ground. Only God can do that. I don't know how much more we need to be convinced ain't nothing else working except the born-again experience with that making Jesus first in our life. Not theory, not theoretically, but in actuality. 
to wake up early. And, and Moses went, all the disciples, they all went. Everybody that made a big difference in the Bible, they were perfected by tribulation. None of them perfect, but all woke up early and prayed. There's something in the early morning hour while it's still dark outside. It makes your spirit more acute. Yeah, you have more discernment, and God is able to speak to you because you shows that you're hungry. A mutation, a sudden departure from the parent type. Oh, wow. Some of the less educated people and some of the less wealthy people probably walking more in the power of God because they have less time to spend on their education and their money and more time to spend with God. And when God, and they, because they use that time, God pours wisdom into them, and when he blesses them, they're blessed to be a blessing because they know the covenant in Genesis 12. Mutation, a sudden departure from the parent type in one or more characteristics caused by a change in a gene or a chromosome. They changed the gene. Took prayer out of school, cause you took it out of school, cause you took it out of the home, and then you took it out of the church. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It went from no prayer at home to no prayer at church, and then no prayer at school, and everybody looked at the state. Look at yourself. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. And when I walk away from the mirror, hopefully, 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 I remember what I saw. And if it was ugly, hopefully I have the ability to repent and get it corrected while there's time. No, pra no prayer, no fasting, no stewarding the planet. We're called to steward this planet. We're called to steward this planet. A species resulting from the departure is what we have birthed. I don't know. The church is getting back. It's getting back because we're sensing what with this vibration of, of divine displeasure is helping us to those that are feeling it like, no, 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 no. This is way too much riding on the line right about now. A species resulting from the departure, and it's an alteration, it's a variation, it's a deviation. Doing better is the behavior modification. Doing better is the behavior modification of the mutant. One that's a mutation. A teachable spirit includes correction because you're going to learn and you might do some things wrong and you won't probably do it wrong. You'll probably perceive it in infantile, infantile mindset. And then will we know the Lord when we go on to know the Lord? So instruction carries with it a correction. Uh, when you're a child and you're shooting a layup, you know, usually you start with the person's dominant hand. And if they're left-handed, they'll go off the right foot. If they're right-handed, they'll go off the left foot. And then when they go and use their offhand, they'll still probably, if they're left-handed, they'll still probably go off their right foot, which is shooting with the right hand. That's wrong. That's a mutation, okay? You would expect that in fourth, fifth, sixth grade. But if you're still doing that in high school, something wrong with you, man. So you, you didn't want no correction. You didn't want, because see, correction takes work. You got to receive it. You got you to deploy it to what is trying to be fixed. And then you got to humble yourself to receive it first. Let me look up in 1 Samuel in chapter 15, and I'll close. I love you. The Lord bless you. And this is a story that there was a command given. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I've decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel. 
that came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalek nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. And he captured Agag, Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. He should have destroyed him because God told him to destroy everything. Saul and his men spared Agag's life, and he kept the best of the sheep and the goats and the cattle and the fat calves and the lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to him. It was a mutation from the commandment. It was a mutation from the one that gives out the executive order from our life, God. And he does it by the Holy Ghost. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. They were selfish. They wanted to do it their way. It was religion. Religion, religion will leave you cursed. Religion will leave you angry at God. It will leave you angry at truth. It'll sure make you want to kill somebody if they correct you. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul, and someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel and set up a monument to himself. Oh, boy. And then he went on to Gilgal where Samuel finally found him. And man, when a prophet is chasing you and you the king, you are in trouble. You got tore draws with God. Saul greeted him cheerfully, not really understanding the offense that he did. We must go again and look at racism in our country. We must look and see what we have done with abortion. We must look and see what we've done by building a wall and trying to prevent people from coming and getting some justice. It's not a beautiful thing that I'm saying. Don't hate me. Hate truth. Don't hate the messengers. You always kill all the messengers. When Samuel finally followed him, found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I've carried out the Lord's command. Big liar. Big religious liar. Then he, what is all the bleeding of the sheep and the goats and the lowing of the cattle I hear? Samuel demanded a mutation from the truth. We got too many leaders that are in a sea of human opinion, and they've heard clearly from God. And some of them are young leaders, some of them are children leaders, or pedagogo, and they need fathering in the spirit. And that's why we have apostles and prophets. And that's why we have pastors, teachers, and evangelists to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. If God has told you something, do not deviate from the path. God gave me a beautiful gym. I didn't stop. Met a homemade gym when we started 30 years ago. And God has sustained us every week for 30 years without asking anybody for anything except no stealing and no fighting. And now we're in a beautiful gym. It's got three courts, a weight room, a beautiful cafeteria, a beautiful kitchen. And everybody said, man, you could really make a lot of money, man. You could run it. God didn't tell me nothing about no AAU. He said, don't let nothing, nothing. This is for the gospel, the ministry of the gospel to orphans. And we don't charge. We've never charged a soul to belong to Heroes Camp. And we call for them to come in prayer. We cry for them when they miss the mark. Some, when they go to prison, when they come back and they miss the mark. Some of our guys, they've missed the mark. But when we see repentance, 
We bring them back in. We feed. We clothe. We father. We do these things from a position of a broken heart because our honor of our God, the honor of our God is on the line that our Lord loves. Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows. I just want to encourage you to be where you ought to be when you ought to be there and be all up in there doing what you ought to be doing and to wake up again, do it tomorrow and call it a breakthrough while there's time. Time is accelerating. Time is intensifying. Time is begging for all kind of things, all kind of voices that are in time, that are calling, and the Bible says that none of them are without significance. Find what the will of God is and do that. When it's time to take a break and you don't go to church on a Sunday or whatever, take a break with your family and stay at home and don't have a siesta. Have a Sabbath. Let's do it the Lord's way. I, I, I'm not hating on America. I'm hating on everything that needs to be hated on that has become a mutation that wants to clutter the cross. That can, we cannot see how much this really, really costs God. He gave his only. We have multiple choices. We never narrow it down to this one thing I do. This is Pat Magley. Have a great day. I love you. Please feel the challenge that's coming out of my baseline. Find some young person. Love them. Scoop them up. Take them out to eat. Talk to them. Challenge them. And then do a more violent thing. Do it again tomorrow and the day after that. And win their life. Win their thinking. Win their heart to the Lord. Annex your family. And I appreciate you for letting me talk. Thank you for listening to me. I pray this blesses you. Good day.